This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you, it's almost on the eve of the return of the Tony, Ivan Tony. He has been freed. He put out a little tweet the other day, I think it was yesterday, the day that his ban came to an end. I'm free, I'm free, Ivan Tony is free, and you can just feel the energy as we're going into the Forest game on Saturday. Brentford with another player in their ranks in fact with another two players in their ranks but we'll talk about that in a little bit I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my man who was in Thailand a couple of days ago but he's now taking a holiday in Cambodia Laney how are you? I'm good mate I'm really really good thank you very much I'm really excited that uh, Ivan's back in the fold it's, it's the news that Brentford fans have been looking forward to all season it's just dragged it's been a long eight months and uh, we are back to being the Brentford that uh, that we, we need for the rest of this season we've got our talisman we've got our number one player we've got our leading goal scorer he's back and I can't wait to see what effect he has on Saturday yeah, not quite the Brentford that we, we know and we need because we do have about another seven players that are out still, like you know what I'm saying. But he is going to be instrumental, no shadow of a doubt, in actually kind of basically just taking us up another little notch because, uh, as as everybody knows, we've we've had a couple of months which have, have not been the best. You know, basically we've been running on empty, as they say. We've, I mean, I think there was that one game where we said we've literally run out of players to take off. You know, ironically, we're playing Nottingham Forest, who bought about 475 players, and they can boast about just bringing another player out of their rank because they've got so many. And we're sitting there thinking, oh God, literally. I mean, we, we had two players on the bench against Wolves who I, I yeah, and listen, we, we're meant to be the fountain of all knowledge. But I literally thinking, I've got no idea who these 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 kids are. Um, and uh, yeah, it was one of those scenarios. And, and you got to laugh about it because we're going to look back at this and we think, God, that season was quite a bonkers season, wasn't it? And technically, um, and fingers crossed, we're not going to go down. Technically, we could have been in a lot of trouble. But all I'm saying, and you know me, glass half full B. The, the fact that we'd lost Ivan Tony and Mbumo and Rico and Hickey and all those players, and we're still in the position we are now, I think, quite frankly, is a miracle. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's come in the nick of time, isn't it? Just before it gets any worse, let's be honest. You know, um, another another four or five weeks of 
of uh, sort of scraping together a, a, an eleven that could compete in the top flight in the Premier League um, was a big ask. You know, we've got a number three now, and we've got a number nine now. And that's no offence to Neil Morpay, who's you know who, who's who's done what he, he he's you know he's been he's been working hard, but he isn't he isn't Ivan Tony, and he's not he, he's not that sort of big. Um, Big centre forward, you know, he, he's good at he's good at kind of you know feeding off some some scraps, but it's he's not he's not the Brentford that we've we've known over the last five years, where you know we've been building um, you know to replace Neil Morpé. We, we we seem to have been a retrograde step, um, trying to trying to kind of scrape and survive before before Ivan gets back, and now he's here. Um, you know, it might work better for Neil. You know, you know the the big man, little man, number nine, number ten. You know, knocking blocking balls down as well as as well as um, you know getting goals himself, Ivan. So, you know, it, it's it does give us so many more options. And you know, Brentford at their best in the Premier League needs Ivan Tony in the team. That's right. Okay. So, I mean, listen, we're going to talk about Ivan Tony, and also in a little bit, we're going to talk about because we've got a new left back. We've been talking about trying to get another left back in for like two, three years now. So, we've actually got a left back coming, Regulon, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But the big chat at the moment is Ivan Tony. And like I said, there's going to be loads of interviews flying around. There's been a couple of interviews already with Ivan Tony, both of them on Sky Sports as well. Um, you know, and, and very, very interesting interviews as well. I'd advise you to sit down and look at them all rather than look at the 10 second or 20 second clips that they put out um which has been uh, really really upsetting people um he did an interview with darren lewis which is a little bit shorter as well which he gave his little vibe about talking about you know him coming back and how excited he's coming back and how much he wanted to pay back thomas frank and all the people for backing him as well and then there was a an interview that went up probably a day ago on sky sports as well which has got a lot of people fuming where he's talking about like you know if a big club comes in for me you know obviously i always wanted to move to a big club in the uk you can never say never and a lot of people are sort of sort of saying you know oh, ivan come on you know this isn't the right time for that you know you've just come back and we expected you to say that you're going to put your flag in the sand and and, and and support Brentford for the for the rest of the, and play for Brentford for the rest of your life, like you know what I'm saying. So, uh, th- th- like I said, we could talk around all those things, you know, in in a minute as, as we're going to talk about it because I think it's very very important. But first of all, and I know you talked about it, Laney, are you excited for Ivan Tony coming back? Yeah, massively. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm massively excited for him. You know, he's he's paid he's paid um, a, a, a big price for for what he did, and and what he did was playing stupid we haven't really got to go over that old ground again we've, we've you know we've had lots of podcasts where we focus just on that um so now it's literally about aligning the sand and looking forward rather than backwards and as, as i said on the intro it seems to have been a long eight months and for a club like brentford uh as well as the player it's, it's been a big punishment for us um, as well as him, and we've we've paid a big price for for Ivan's absence. But so yeah, I am. I'm really excited. It's come, as I said, right in the nick of time just before it gets any worse, and it just seems it's written in the stars, you know, that he's going to have an impact straight away. You know, it's it's 
we've been creating chances and it's been crying out for him to be on the end of them and you know now now we can hopefully get the ball to the byline with our wingers and, and pull them back and we've got someone somebody there that's lurking um someone who's, who's more natural and has got a bit more of a physical presence so yeah I, i'm i'm really excited for him I'm, and i'm just excited for the players around him because you know they've they've been creating chances against some really excellent defenses, and it, they, some some of them need to, to 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 have someone on the end of it as well because it just makes their hard work pay off as well. So yeah, I, I think I don't see there can be any Brentford fans that aren't excited to see Ivan back. Okay, I mean obviously we're seeing. I mean I'm excited. I'm really excited. You know I've done like I said a couple of interviews. Once I'll be on BBC Sport in the next day as well. I think I'm going to be on the Athletic Podcast as well, and maybe another BBC channel. You know, sort of quite a few people want to know um, what our opinion is going to be. What fans' opinion? I can't give everybody's fans' opinions because you've all got your opinions. But I'm personally excited. Um, I talk about as well the disappointment, and I think you know fans are going to laugh to say if they weren't disappointed when Ivan Tony they found out that he got done for gambling, especially with the season that we had last season, okay? But the other thing that you've got to think about is that, look, it's done, we've got to deal with it. You know, it probably could have been worse, you know? <laughs> you know, It could have been worse and, and, and we've dealt with it, you know, admirably and we've kind of come out of a hole quite well and it's all about moving forward. Um, Ivan told him, we've got to ask a question though, you know, just listen, and I'm not trying to sort of cloudy his comeback and everything like that. Do you think Ivan Tony, because there was a thought that Ivan Tony didn't really care. We've seen a few interviews flying around um, Laney, do, there's, there's, I'm not talking about his his own self, not you know his own sort of not say self centeredness, but you know about himself as in his confidence in himself. But I'm just asking you: Do you think that he actually cares, and he actually realizes what has been done? Actually, after seeing him talk these last couple of days, he seems he certainly seems a lot more humble and a lot more measured than he did in that diary of a CEO podcast, uh, which he did sort of you know four or five months ago. Um, you, can tell, you can tell he really wants to just get back to playing football. The question, especially is it's Sky, and Sky pretty much have got 24-7 rolling transfer news on, on their, on their uh, TV channels and the sports channels. So it, it does serve them to have bullet points and and sort of uh you know quotes on rotation that that kind of hint at the, you know hint at possible transfer activity in this window now i think you know as, as brentford fans that have, have, have been angered by the, the the shorter clips of him talking about wanting to play for a big club and um be challenging for titles and um and becoming england's number one striker behind harry kane he talks about all of that i wasn't necessarily surprised to hear him say that i don't, I don't think there's anything we didn't know already now you know uh, you you could argue that he should have just said, look, I, I don't really want to discuss that at the moment. It's all about Saturday. It's all about... But, but I, I, I think that was... He, he knew the questions that were going to come. I don't, I don't think any of those questions hadn't been given to him in advance. And I think he probably okayed all of them. Um, I, yeah, I mean, you could always you could always wish that he didn't he didn't carry on with a couple of those sentences. But I... I you know, I don't think any of us are naive enough to, to think that. He, he actually said, didn't he, if the right money comes in. So he knows that Brentford will accept 
a, a deal for him if the right money comes in as well. So it, it, it's a it's a Brentford situation and an Ivan Tony situation. I, I just don't see now. I mean, there was a time where I just thought he would kick a ball for us again, and it was it was just you know he he, he hadn't signed for that new agency to stay where he is. It it looks now like we're going to be kicking his transfer into the long grass, and it will be coming you know in June rather than in January. Um, but it's only like it's only three or four months away in that by the time by the time he started you know we're going to be in February before we know it um, and then sort of like we're, we're, we're ticking down the fixtures to the end of the season then so it, it's still an imminent situation but you know it's not it doesn't seem to be like one we're going to have to cope with this 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 January or in the next next week or so so yeah I, I, I wish he said a little bit less but I don't think it's I don't think he said anything we didn't know already. I mean, one point that, you know, fans were a little bit sort of probably disappointed with previous to this, they they never felt that Ivan kind of owned his kind of, the, you know, whatever's happened in this situation to get us, you know, to get him and the club into this situation. They never felt that he owned it. OK, and even like I said to you, when he did the style of the CEO, he, he never owned it. Now, looking at that interview as well what is quite interesting because he is a particular type listen I, I, I don't know him you don't know him a particular type of person one thing that you do know is he's very very confident in himself but on the flip side of that also is like you know he kind of like the sky guy to be fair sort of said to him look you know i do find it quite hard to open up and you can imagine you know the person like that with big personality very confident in himself you know he may find it quite hard to open up um him not owning it is that possibly due to the fact that he literally finds it quite hard to do that? And the fact is that to do that, you have to kind of, you know, you have to go through certain, you know, uh, things within your head and within your body. And, you know, and you, you just have to go through certain things to kind of get to that situation. And possibly him being out for eight months and having loads of reflection time and real, realising that he could do nothing about it. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't, you know, wait for two weeks and get back on he couldn't get his agent to fix it he couldn't get the lawyers to fix it he could he just realized actually to speak up on this interview actually this is a mistake this has happened now i realize it there's nothing i can do about it i need to actually work out how can we forward and he kind of talked about that in the interview and do you do you think that he has actually really now kind of come down to owning the situation so that he can move on i don't think we'll ever really know i i, I just i just think you know just because he hasn't broken down into tears and begged for forgiveness in front of cameras, I, maybe maybe he has those kind of moments with his family. Maybe, you know, I, I don't. It, what you do in front of a sky camera and what what you know your your true feelings, I I, I don't necessarily think of the same thing. It's, this isn't a this isn't a you know a, um, a shrinks kind of confession. This this is just kind of put him PR in his his return. Um, yeah, he, he, I, and the questions. There's a couple of questions that I haven't ever heard asked. I, mean, I, I, I no one's there, I, no one said to him. Um, you know, in the in the latest one, he sort of said, you know, do you feel guilty for for not being in the team for your teammates? And he kind of he, he said yes. Um, but the question was, would you like to apologise for the fans, to the fans for not being around? You know, I'm not saying he, sh you know, I'm, I think he should, but he wasn't asked it, so I, I don't, I don't think he's going to just say, oh, I would really like to apologise to the fans unless he's he's asked, would he like to? Or and, and he, he might say, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, he, might, he might just do exactly that. But um, even, even though he did mention the fans I, I, as well. I, 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 
it's not like a confession, was it? And I, I just, I just think sometimes the, you know, the the interviewers are kind of a little bit wary about what they ask him as well. I think that I think I thought it was a decent interview. I, I enjoyed listening to it, but um, it stopped short in a couple of places. The diary of a CEO certainly did. I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, I, I, I was really disappointed with that from a from an interviewer's perspective and a, and a listening perspective. I don't think, I don't think it was a great interview at all. Um, and Ivan certainly didn't come out of it very well. So um, I haven't seen the perfect interview yet, but I, I don't think we will now. I think that's the end of that. He's back. Um, I, I don't think he'll be going to be prodding over hot coals now of, of, of the past. I think that that's the end. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe we're all a little bit bored of it now. We're not gonna we're not gonna get that kind of perfect redemption, you know, in terms of an apology. And you know, I, I, I think I've come to I've come to terms with it just being as it is now. I'm just gonna enjoy him while we've still got him, whether it's two weeks, whether it's four months. Um, he's gonna be going fairly soon. I just hope we get a, a really brilliant deal for Brentford Football Club, and uh, we can actually get proper closure now where. He can score the goals that keeps us, you know, well safe of any nastiness, and um, he can go out with a bang bill. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's. I've got to say the question just, and just, I'm just bringing it back just quickly to the point. You know, he said he said in this interview, I want to play for a top club, and people have just jumped on it from other clubs. Oh yeah, Brentford fans, uh, you're so typical, you're so Timport, you know, player like that, you keep backing him, but he obviously does, doesn't want to play for you, uh, and they're saying all these things, okay? But again, we're trying to put it into context here as well. You know, uh, as Brentford fans, we've known players who've stuck with us through thick and thin. You know, Kevin O'Connor's left for forever. You know, what I'm saying you got players, and in the old school days, that's what players used to do. Steve Ball stayed stayed at Wolves far too long, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, he was loyal to that club and he stayed with them and he, he stuck with them through thick and thin. Right. And and we're used to that in the old days. Nowadays, if somebody stays with you for more than three years, you're thinking, oh my God, that guy's been there forever. Right. You know, I, um, as Brentford fans, we're so used to our players leaving. And I'm not we're not saying that because we're defeatist, but it's just the way that the club runs, because we are a particular size club. And until we get the income coming in over a number of years, we can't do the things that these other clubs do, and we're never going to throw money at um, at, 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 um, fo- at footballers in the way that even Nottingham Forest does. You know, what I'm saying, or Manchester City, or Arsenal, or all these other teams do. You know, maybe if you're in the Premier League for 12 or 15 years and you've accumulated 150 million each year, then things do change. But you have to get to that stage and do it in a process. So we've already sort of kind of got our head around the fact that Ivan Tony's going to leave, even though yes, it will be frustrating. Whenever that will be, we don't know. We probably, if anything, had kept our fingers crossed that he might have signed a contract extension, uh, contract extension because of the, the eight months that he's missed with us. But I think that is kind of uh, probably unlikely. Um, but saying that, if anything, there's an argument to say that he might have actually gone last summer. Um, so we've actually probably got him for a little bit longer than than we than we expected. Ivan Tony's saying that he wants to play for a top club, which obviously means it's not Brentford. It means kind of somebody who's playing almost like Champions League football. Were you a bit miffed when he said that? Mm, not really. I mean, it, it, it takes it takes a lot more to wind me up these days. But no, no, I'm not because you know I'm not going to get involved in that big club bollock argument thing. You know, oh, Tim Pot Brentford, no, our club's bigger than yours. Yeah, I mean, pr- probably they're all bigger than us at the moment. But we're we're we're, we're doing doing our best to to address that. You know, every season that we stay in this division. Um, that becomes a little bit more childish. Uh, it's, it's about how you know how well your how well run your club is. You know, um, history 
seems to not count past a certain point is that it seems to be a sweet spot of history where some club fans well that that's relevant but before that it's not relevant you know you talk to a forest fan um before you know about the history before 1970 and then it looks a bit different to the one that they're talking about saying you know european cups and all that it was they they, they were a nothing club before then and you know we we were big in the 30s and 40s but that history somehow doesn't count but you know do you know what i mean it's just it's all it's all semantics it's all childish so you know we, we're a selling club it's, 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 and a wiser person than me um said that apart from five clubs in the world probably everyone's a selling club it, it is the way of the world um and we are selling club a selling club because it helps balance our books we're a selling club because it helps us with um, meeting our FFP obligations. It's a, we're a selling club because it makes us self-sustainable. Um, and we're a selling club because it allows us to bring in more talent. And that's what excites the owner and the DOFs and, 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 and allows us to kind of regenerate and, and, and improve. This season was always a car crash. You know, we've said it a hundred times. You take Ivan Tony out of that team and it, it is, is as good as it can possibly be under the circumstances. Then you take out Rico Henry. Then you take out Brian and Bumo. Then you lose our, our, our best goalkeeper and the one that comes in is a bit uh, at the moment still. Um, then you lose Hickey. Then you lose... Jensen. Um, Jensen. Jensen. You know, you know. Then you lose Norgard for a bit. Then you lose. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's been constant. So this season is if if we if we can just get nearer the halfway line, um, halfway point in the table, then it's it's been uh it's been all that we can expect it to be in the circumstances. Now we are starting to fill big gaps. As I said, now we've got a proper number three while Rico's out. Now we've got our first choice, number nine. Now we need to get Sharder back to fill the number 10 gap. Then we've still got Morpe, you know, who's probably going to be an impactor from the, from the subs bench. Now we've got KLP hopefully in a little bit of form. And now we've got Ayer back. And then we've got, you know, our defenders uh, looking strong and we need to get the defence set. So, you know, we've got a lot now of a lot of positives to focus on and you know more importantly our head coach Thomas Frank he's got more options you know he can now start fielding a strongest 11 for whoever we play not just the only 11 fit players he's got mm, okay and, and, and listen and I, I know I keep bringing it back to this as well um we're talking about you know you, you would like to have sort of said you know um, how 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 you know sorry he was to the fans okay um, but then maybe that wasn't directed to him but what is interesting is he talked about how painful it is for his family because he talked about the fact that his family comes and watch him every week and all of a sudden no that's not going to happen anymore and so he did realise how kind of how it's affected the kind of match going people which is the family is obviously very close to him uh, he did also mention the fans as well how the fans have been supported of Thomas Frank the players the chef like you know what I'm saying has been supporters as well so I'm just wondering as well here that. It, to me, it seems that I, I think that he kind of seems to have kind of realised the effect it's had from people in the stands. And also, still, he has been getting support from people in the stands. Yeah, there's been other people that have been going, I'm not really happy. You know, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. And, I've, and I can understand why people are getting frustrated and, and unhappy. And we've talked about it on this show where we're sort of, you know, especially when we're going for a period where we there's games that we know that we could have won if he's on the pitch. 
and you sort of think, you know, God, you know, it's also like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, one of your mates has done something and all of a sudden he's missing for a couple of weeks and you know that if he was there, you would have tucked right in. You think, oh, God, Charlie, mate, you know, oh, so out of order, man. You know, it's uh, so frustrating. And it's kind of that moment, you know, we're all human beings. And so you've got that human being moment where you sort of think, oh, if he just, if he just sorted it, you know. So there's that going on. But I think he, he does, he does actually realise that because it's affected people in his house who used to go down the motorway to go and see him. But we'd, we'd know if the interview had asked the, 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 the follow-up question was was there. You know, he, he, he failed to answer that the right follow-up question. He didn't answer. He didn't ask it. You know, he, he spoke about his family. He should have said, "Well, what are we talking about?" You know, Saturday afternoons being ruined. How about the fans? He didn't ask that question, and it wasn't for Ivan to to ask that question himself. You know, I, I don't think. You know, maybe he wanted. A, he wasn't going to volunteer any more information in in, in ways of, of apologies and opening up himself. He, he had to be asked it. He wasn't asked it. So I, I say that's a failure, failing of the interviewer, not not necessarily Ivan. I'd like to have heard the words, but he probably he might have said them if he was asked. Yeah. I mean, okay, and, and just finally, I mean, obviously, like I said, Ivan's back this weekend. Um, that means our, chain, our team, I mean, we're going to talk about, actually, maybe tell you something. Yeah, we know we'll talk about Ivan, then we'll come off and talk about it. So that means that things are going to change around quite a bit. I mean, obviously, we talked about the fact that he's going to be going straight up up front. I mean, he talked about the fact that he might be he might be panting after 30 minutes. He might have to get taken off, which I thought was quite amusing, seeing the fact that he's been uh, he's been training quite hard. And it's actually interesting because, uh, as you know, our mate, um, the mortgage as well, his son's actually bought a flat. Um, just behind the ground, actually, and he's been actually watching the club behind the closed game, closed door games. So he's actually seen uh, he's seen quite a lot of Ivan Tony in the last few weeks, actually playing on the pitch, uh, including I think the penalty that he took the other day, and you know, and I think he I think he even got I think he got one of the goals actually that he scored as well, like you know what I'm saying. So uh, I, I haven't seen it myself because uh, he wasn't there, but um, but I think my point is that you know Ivan's I, Ivan's Ivan's back, and the excitement is there. For the fans and for, and for us, for me anyway, it's now a case of very much just drawing the line and moving forward. Where do you think we can go from here with Ivan in the team? Being honest, being honest, I think we could get to the, to the mid table. Yeah, I, you know, but I think I think that's 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 kind of the limit of our of, of our potential. You know, I, I think we're we're quite. A, Quite a few points behind um, where we where we, we would ideally like to be, all of us. <clears throat> um, well, I just want to see him start scoring, and I think the rest will follow. You know, it, it, it ends up being a bit of a domino effect. You know, he he holds the ball up, and he gives us so so many more outlets and options than than, than we've got. You know, Neil Morpé is is as I said, I, you know, I don't I don't want to pile in on the guy because he scored a few goals recently. He scored a couple of goals. Um, he just isn't Ivan Tony, and then you know, we can, so we can knock, we can start knocking the ball long again. We can start playing it in behind into channels. Um, Ivan is able to then go out wide, and his passing and his vision, he, he can, he can, he can spot a pass. It just a lot of it depends on who else coming in is fit. Is Sharder, Sharder, how far Sharder away is he going to start on Saturday? Um, is he still a week or two away? I think. The, the, you know, I think the excitement could actually get even more when when the team drops on on Saturday. So um, it, it just 
it just allows so much more confidence, Bill. We can we can go into some of the games not against top, you know, you know, not against the man 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 cities or what have you. Um, just just feeling like you know, it's not like can we get a point out of this? It's like well, we should win this, and, I, and it gives us our swagger back. And you know, as I said, I keep saying it, we've we've missed it all season, and now now it's here. I just I just want to enjoy it. Okay, and and finally, I've got to say in that interview. He said that he had a target in his head of how many goals he's going to score between now and the end of the season. Now we're out of all the cups, so we've got we're exactly halfway through. We played less games than pretty much everybody else, so we've got 19 games to go. Right? How many goals do you think Ivan Tony is going to score in those 19 games? Well, that's two. There's two things there, isn't there? I thought exactly the same, and the number I think he's got in his head. I reckon he's got the number 12 in his head. Ooh. I think. I think he would like to. I think he set himself a target of twelve. Now he, he ain't going to share that, is he? No. Um, if we can get nine or ten out of him, if we can get ten out of him, uh, I think that would see us well clear. Okay. About you? I mean, yeah. Okay. You- so interestingly, because if he's twelve, that means he's going better than uh, last season. Because that means he would have got um, twenty-four goals, and he got twenty goals last season. So that means he's going better. I mean, improving. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we've got a scenario where, you know, we're going to have to see him hit the ground running, you know, if he's going to get anything like that. So he's going to have to come out of the first match and he's going to have to, in effect, he's going to have to score. Okay. And normally we expect people to kind of have one or two games to warm up. So it's going to depend on how he looks in that first game. Me personally, I was thinking that he was, he had a figure of 10 in his head. Um, So 10 goes in, which it matches the last season. And last season was a very good season for him. Um, And and, and also the fact that he's got this little warm-up time with one or two games. So that's almost like pushing himself ahead. So for me, if he he gets 10 goals, I think it'll be absolutely magnificent. Um, But the last question and the very last question I'm going to ask you on the Ivan Tony, what team, considering, you know, our next few sets of fixtures, is he going to score his first goal against? Oh, not in the forest. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, 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 don't say, I, don't say you're going to put money on it. I'm not putting money on it. No, yeah. the, the irony of betting on Ivan Tony after he's coming back from the betting ban um, is, 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 is not lost on me. But it, yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think he'll, he'll score. Um, whether it's from a penalty spot or not, I think he'll score on Saturday. Okay, all right. Okay, I think he's going to score on Saturday as well. So let's just see how that goes. Like I said, he's going to play out five thirty kickoff. The game's on TV. Fans will be getting down there very early. Get down there, might do a little bit of the queue run as well. Laney's going to be doing some sort of Cambodian run, uh, but I might go down. I might even pop down to Richmond as well as we do because it's an early game. Let's just see how that goes. Very much looking forward to that. So anyway, we talked about Ivan Tony, one player who's coming back in the side. It's like a new player, which is lovely. Also, we've got another new player in our side. We've got left back Regulon who uh, is playing on the side and we've got a recognised left back in the side. It's funny because you get a, a recognised left back in the side and then people start moaning saying, no, oh, he's not very good. He can't defend. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like you can't lose. You can't win, can you? Um, but the fact is that he's got a bit of a, he's got, you know, he's got a bit of a, he's got a bit of a record. He's, he's played for a few clubs, hasn't he, Laney? Uh, one or two, Bill, yeah. Um, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid, Seville, Tottenham and Manchester United. Um yeah, I, I I think most of those clubs would probably agree that he, he can defend. Um, he's, you know, he, he, we do need experience in that in that position. And having watched his interview as well on the on the Brentford website, what a nice guy he seems to be. He seems to be a really down to earth, uh, uh, really likable 
young player and um, I, I didn't I, I won't say that I've obviously paid too much attention to him of late because I'd never really thought we'd be in the market for him I don't I never even thought he'd be interested in coming to us but um, we've done really well to persuade him that his career needs that as well he needs regular starts he needs to uh, um, knuckle down. He needs to to get uh, in a, you know in a team that he can um, excel in, and Brentford will allow him to do that um, ahead of what probably is a a, a move to another club um, in the summer. Maybe he'll stay, but um, I think it's a really good opportunity. It's better that we get experience in uh, than um, an untried rookie for the future. I think. You know, as you said, you know, if, if there's some fans moaning about this, I'm not quite sure who that they would want in realistically, um, of of players that we heard of or we've heard of or know anything about. Uh, his pedigree and his and his and his list of teams he's played for speaks for themselves. Um, he should come in and um, be able to to do more than a good job, and certainly it's an improvement on on what we've been having to deal with over the last couple of months so you know yeah he, he may not be Rico but there is there's only one Rico and um, I'm hoping he comes back strong for next season but in the meantime I'm looking forward to seeing Sergio Reguilón all right, and, and, and the reality is, I mean, because I know a lot of people are sort of pulling out our record and the fact that we lost sort of six out of seven or seven out of eight or eight out of nine or whatever but basically we lost a lot of games okay um, and again you know again me and I keep saying it's not like it's not a rose-tinted glasses thing, but you look at basically how the team's playing. Um, yes, they've, they've been losing a little bit of confidence recently because you, if when you don't win, you do lose a bit of confidence. And also you're looking at, you know, who you've got up front and if they're not quite scoring, you know, you have a bit of confidence. But the thing is, we have been creating the opportunities. And I know a lot of people laugh, especially the Forest fans, go, oh, yeah, spreadsheet bankers. But, you know, the fact is that if you create the opportunities, mate, then you're always going to be in the game. The danger is if you're not, if you're not creating them high, high chance opportunities, okay, then you're, you're you're relying on basically own goals. You're relying on somebody shooting from 40 yards, and yeah, it might be great, it might go in the back of the net. I'd be creating them, haven't been delivering them. The the, the worry has been in our defence, right? That's been the worry because we've been letting in such stupid goals, right, and such soft goals, and just doing things which technically we shouldn't be doing, and that's because we're playing, you know, an attacking midfielder at right back, you know what I'm saying? Or bringing in somebody, you know, as, as a wing back who isn't quite, you know, isn't quite necessarily, you know, up for that position, and you can see the opposition teams have been targeting us. 100%. I mean, how many times have they put the ball across long, deep onto the other side, and then player comes in, bang, and back of the net, right? You know, and he's not being tracked properly, right? because person in that position and you know those goals aren't necessarily and this is what I'm trying to say to you Laney those goals aren't necessarily scored on the left hand side they might be scored on the right hand side but maybe the person on the right hand side isn't quite the standard that maybe that they can be and they've noticed a weakness in that but that person who's playing on the right hand side wouldn't be playing in that game if the person in the left hand side wasn't injured or out the game now what we've done is that we've actually kind of brought Regulon in who is also not an experienced left back, but then he's going to enable us to be able to play players, stronger players in the positions that they should be playing in. So for me, um, this is a massive thing. It's 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 bigger than the the striker thing. Ivan Tony, like I said to you, is good, um, but you know we've been we have been scoring goals. You know, we've just been letting in goals, and so for me, 
tightening up that defence, getting defenders coming back, getting Ayer coming back as well. He played against Wolves as well. He's been missed, you know, getting other players back in. Ben Mee coming back in, so he's within the framework. So all of a sudden, you've actually got more defenders. Beforehand, like I said to you, we were actually kind of playing our, was it, fifth and sixth and seventh, was it, sort of our choice defenders, you know, in our defence, which is kind of like, oh, blimey, this is like, you know, this is Premier League, so we've got to struggle. So I think Regulon being in is going to actually be a bigger thing than Ivan Tony coming back. I don't know about bigger, but I know I, I, I do. I do know what you mean. It should be it should be a better balanced back five, back four, um, and you know um, we should be able to have more confidence in that person to to kind of excel in a role that is is made his own at, at, at other big clubs. You know, so you know, and, and it's and it's it's one of those situations as well where you know if we if we let two in at the back, you know, are we really going to score three? Now, now we've got. Ivan back and knowing you know how prolific he can be there's a good chance that we we can score two we can score three if we if we're creating those chances so it's it's we what was happening was we were getting punished by our mistakes at the back and uh and having to take all our opportunities uh, at the other end of the pitch you know uh, going back at this this poor run I, I still say there's only one of those games the wolves um wolves match on the 28th of december where we were kind of like really out of it you know, um, I, I, the other matches we, we we may have lost, but there was a there was an always we always felt that we were in it or could have got something more out of it. You know, we you know the the, the Villa game we, we we could have we got at least a point out of that. I don't we, Crystal Palace away we created chances. Um, Sheffield United we just looked dead. We, it was just that was just flat. Um, it, it, we're just running out of steam. So yeah, yeah I, I just give it's, it's the shot we got a lot. We've got shots in the arms and shots in the leg coming. We've got adrenaline rushes coming. There's, there's, there's energy now coming into that team where it was kind of just like literally going through the motions. And, you know, you, you look back at some of those defensive performances and it, it looks shambolic at times. So we just need to get organised and, um, as you say, putting square pegs in square holes. It, it, it does help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and just coming back to the regular one as well, um, you know, a lot of people are sort of saying, "Oh, you're great up front," you know, not sure about his defensive ability. I mean, obviously, like he's a half decent defender because he's played for some decent teams. But the fact the fact is that one thing that we have been missing is the Rico Henry effect. Rico was very, very good at adding to our attack. Uh, instigating attacks okay, his speed, bringing the ball up, you know, that was a massive thing for us, and we missed that as well. Regular excellent dribbler of the ball okay great in the ball up crossing the ball in actually an excellent crosser of the ball as well so you know this can bring be bringing back, back uh, Brentford back into this attacking game that 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 we've kind of been missing you know taking the ball out from the back um bringing the ball out and actually getting your fullbacks to actually kind of add to the attack so this for me i think it's going to be a big part of Brentford's kind of dna coming back for us so it's going to be really interesting to see how it will pan out against Forrest you know it's very early days Forrest he's only been in for a couple of days probably doesn't even know half the player's name so it might take a little bit of a time to get into it but this for me is a really positive thing because we also do kind of like attack as the best forward defence you know with our defenders so I'm excited about that yeah and you know what Reglon said in his interview was how impressed he was that Thomas Frank knew his game inside out you know he, he was aware of you know intimately of, of his strengths and how 
best to use him and that was part of the reason he wanted to come I, I think there were, would have been other offers for him but I, I think the, the Thomas Frank effect um, sat down and we probably got him really excited about joining you know something that's um, something like like a Brentford project I, I think footballers are kind of intrigued and I, I think he, he really can come here and flourish and yeah it may not work Bill I mean let's be honest you know it, 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 there's a chance you know it it might not but I, I, I don't I, I'm certainly not going to start that as my you know that's not my starting position it's it's just that you know there's there's, there's no reason not to be excited about someone with that kind of experience coming um, unfortunately, or hopefully, it doesn't fall to the Brentford injury jinx that seems to be going on at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We got the uh, we talked on our little podcast for Walls, okay? The, uh, <laughs> the the super kid, the wonder kid, who we just got in. Uh, uh, we haven't heard it officially as yet, but apparently he's injured already, isn't he? Um, the, the 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 Turkish wonder kid, uh, Laney. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, apparently, yeah, there's a his, um, Turkish uh, Twitter feed saying he's uh, he's, he's ruptured a, a, a tendon or something in his in his leg. So uh, hopefully that, that isn't the case, but we'll, we'll see. Now for four or five months is what the rumour is, but you know, again, that's not been confirmed. We haven't had time to do the due diligence as we do normally with Besotted. Like I said, just last thing on Regalon as well. You know, we talked about his uh, attacking side as well as well. Very, very aggressive as well, defensive. Uh, I mean, I think when he signed for La Liga, he was the third ranked duels contested in the Liga as well. You know, fifth in, in ball recovery, um, fifth best in ball recovery, eighth best in aerial duels as well. Like, you know, ground success to our duel success rate wasn't wasn't quite as good. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? So we've got that side of it as well, because obviously he is a defender. So like I said to you, good little balance. And like I said, it adds on what we've got already. So, which is all good. So listen, looking forward to those two players adding to our squad on Saturday. So we're going to talk about games games are coming up and games are gone we're just going to talk about our trip to walls and also we're going to talk about nottingham forest coming down to new griffin park so wolverhampton wanderers in the cup we're out of the cup forest are in the cup actually they had a game they played a game a day after us uh, against uh upper blackpool okay and it went to extra time and it went to the very end of extra time and they actually got the win in the end so they're in the cut and we're not in the hat so we've got a weekend off uh, but the positive about that game, again, you know, OK, the positive is that we played very well. OK, we scored some goals. The negative is, again, as per usual, we couldn't hold a lead. And even though we went uh, up, um, we went ahead a couple of times. Eventually, Wolves came back and they got the winner in time added on. It was a penalty. Um, there's an argument to say, but there's one thing I was a little bit gutted because you sort of think, mm, actually, we missed out on a cup run. But then you look at the season we've got, you think, actually, do we need extra games this season with the players that we've got out? And maybe we need to focus. Uh, so maybe it was a blessing in disguise. What was more important, though, is players getting good game time, players playing good matches. You know, again, we were, you know, by the time we got our subs on, we were struggling for people to come on by that stage. Um, you know, we had people that were out. Ethan Pinnock was out. And, you know, just various people were actually not on, you know, were actually not in that game. Um, and the fact is that also you're thinking, God, we're playing Forest on Saturday. Do we want to go into extra time? Do we need these players kind of, you know, just knackering themselves out? So in retrospect, like I said to you, good game, really good game of football. Didn't quite get the result. But at the end of the day, the focus really is all on the, on the Forest game. Yeah, it is. I think... Most Brentford fans would agree that 
the team did better than most of us thought they would um, to go go ahead twice. I think it was great to see uh, the redemption of Nathan Collins, who who scored. Um, you know, he had an absolute stinker, didn't he, at uh, at the GTEC on the on the 28th of December in the four four one victory to Wolves. He literally gifted them two goals. So he got he got one back for there, and then he had one disallowed. Um, uh, right, right near the end, um, which you know, VAR. There was there was a bit of contro- controversy about VAR. Apparently, you know, there was only one camera angle rather than the the, the usual um, different camera angles, and their penalty it looked. It looked very, very weak, and I, 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 you know, they, they didn't overturn it. They went with the on-field decision, but I don't think they would have given that as a penalty if the, the referee hadn't already given it himself. I don't think they they could see it enough to, to to sort of rule it out or overturn it. But um, it looked very, very light, and you look at the reaction of the Brentford players; they were outraged by that. So it's it's probably stopped the, the tie going to penalties. Um, what would have happened then? God only knows. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know what you mean. You know, when you're in a situation like ours, the FA Cup seems to just just a bit whatever, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't think you ever want us to go out, but I don't think it's a disaster. Um, it's, it's it's one competition where we can't sustain any more injuries. So if we do get any more now, it's going to be in league games. Um, which is going to be less galling than, uh, you know, we, we, we're not going to win the cut, FA Cup this year, are we? You know, it's, it's quite obvious we're not strong enough, so uh, it's probably better to be out of it. Um, I would like us to go hardcore for, for the FA Cup at one stage. I think, you know, us being this strong, um, but maybe it's next year, maybe it's the year after, if we can stay in the top flight, we'll be building towards something, I think. But it just, just goes back to the, you know... <laughs> This time last year, we were probably thinking if we hadn't got into the European places last year, this was the year to go for it. But we've just been derailed on on, on every turn. So uh, I'm not surprised we're out of it. Um, I would have any was any of us would have been going up to West Brom. Probably not. Uh, maybe. Oh, I was I was getting the vine, mate. Getting the vine. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I mean, what's what's unusual is what, watching watching these games on on, on telly. I'm, I'm 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 so used to being there, home and away, year in year out. To uh, to miss a couple of games has, has been uh, a bit weird. But um, say, Levy, um, I'll be back and I'll be home and away for the rest of the season once I am. So talking about Wolverhampton Wanderers, talking about looking forward, talking about Ivan Tony coming. Listen. Someone always lightens up the load. We've got JB in the house. JB's going to give us a little bit more facts and a little bit more bunk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Duncan Birchall back again. So there'll be no trip to Wembley for another season and no Brentford ribbons on the FA Cup. The nearest we've ever been is the sixth round, on four occasions. Although before our 1938 sixth round appearance, we were actually the bookies' favourite to lift the cup. Of the 320 FA Cup matches we've now played, only seven have been decided in extra time, with just two of those seeing us progress through to the next round. The last time the added 30 minutes decided our fate was in December 2012 when Uber Rossler's Bees went from 1-1 after 90 minutes to a 4-2 win against Bradford City in front of a crowd of just 2,643 at Griffin Park. 
The last defeat in extra time was in December 1982, when Fred Callahan's side lost 3-1 at Swindon. And for fans of that era, a game which will always be remembered as the one where centre-forward Tony Mahoney broke his leg. Neil Morpoy's goal against Wolves, seven minutes after the break, finally brought an end to an unwanted run. We hadn't scored a goal in the second half of any of our previous six games. Full focus is now on the league, and we go into this weekend's game with half the season now played. For Saturday's lineup, we will be without Johan Wisser. He had been involved in our last 83 Premier League games, starting 46 and 37 coming off the bench. Not only was that the longest run for us, it was also the longest current run for any player in the Premier League. Saturday will, of course, see the long-awaited return of Ivan Tony, who scored in his last appearance at the GTEC back in April, coincidentally against Nottingham Forest. So we're talking about home. Nottingham Forest are coming to our home on Saturday. 5.30 kickoff. it's going to be. The Forest fans, um, they're actually screwing at the moment now because they've been pulled up on FFP. Uh, we discussed this, uh, well, quite a few times on this podcast as well. And like I said to you, we discussed on our podcast our confusion as to, like, you know, we're sitting there going, every time they bought a player, we just couldn't understand how they can keep on buying players. They bought more and more and more and more and more players. And it just kind of just seemed to go on. And we're just thinking, is, is, do the rules not apply? And then bang. They've just happened. Obviously, it's a three-year cycle, and the rules are being applied to them. And uh, and and Forest have been done for uh, for breaching FFP rules. And uh, I know a lot of people, and we talked about it, have talked about Man City and Chelsea. Listen, we know they've done stuff, and they need to be sorted out as well. But you know, our view is, you know, and this is not a disrespect on the fans themselves. We're just talking about football clubs. Football clubs. Listen, these are the rules, right? We had to pay by the rules. You know what I'm saying? And you know, we had to fight against Derby counties and your and your other clubs. You know, in the Championship, who are throwing bucket loads of money, which would have stopped you getting the Premier League if they got in there and it's like is that really fair because if you're not playing by the rules so listen you've got to play by the rules and if you ain't play by the rules then things kind of like kind of just come to roost as they say so not just disrespecting the fans the Forest fans as such but we're just kind of just saying look it is what it is and sometimes you get away with it and sometimes you don't and it seems like the Premier League are obviously being <laughs> They basically get such a hammering because they seem to get everything wrong. You know what I'm saying? So they seem to have tightened up a little bit and Forrest and Everton seem to be the clubs that have been sort of kind of victimed up or they're tightening up so they don't keep getting an absolute bollock in the Premier League for completely and utterly sort of screwing things up and having one rule for one and run through for the next. Uh, Nottingham Forest coming down, we've talked about them a lot, but tell you what, I'm going to go to, 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 to Forrest. I'm going to go to Scott Ely. And he's going to give us the lowdown on Nottingham Forest. I'm going to have a little chinwag with him about Forest and their situation and them coming down to New Griffin Park. D-Day, big day, Saturday. Brentford at home. The return of Ivan Tony. The revealing of Regulon. There's all sorts going on on Saturday. 5.30 kickoff, so plenty of time to get down the pub before the game. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Get yourself right potty for it. And I've got someone on the line here who's up in the Midlands who's completely and utterly potty for it. Scott Ely, Munich, Madrid. How are we doing, Bill? How not, we doing? Bad, right. mate. How are you, not bad, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, been mate. Out? Yeah, I've heard you, it's been I've, a difficult I've, week, but we're all right. Yeah, I've, I've heard you've been out this morning. You've been out this morning. You've been out spending this morning, is that right? Well, you know, that's how we, that's how we go in the East Midlands. We like to spend uh, we like to spend the money and don't worry too much about what happens further down the line. Uh, there you go, mate. You know what I'm saying? Well, hopefully you've, uh, you've, 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 you've actually kind of done a bit of calculations and, and make some amends. You know, you're probably going to sell a few of them photographs behind you to try and uh, try and sort it out. Is that right? Well, to be honest, we could probably do borrowing. Um, give me a crash course on Excel. Um, I think that's what we need in uh, in Nottingham, particularly the accountants. Get those spreadsheets out. It can't be that hard, can it? That's right. Well, you know, the spreadsheet winkers up here in Brentford will be able to sort you right out with that anyway, which is all good. But like I said to you, listen, Forest Man in the house. So listen, I'm going to ask you that before. Let's, let's just forget about what's happened the last few days. Your season so far. Just tell us about it. Has it been a good season? Uh, I would say it's been disappointing, I think. Um, obviously, Steve Cooper kind of held on to his job by the skin of his teeth, really, uh, in terms of the pressure that was coming from the ownership. It wasn't coming, you know, from the fan base. I think there's a degree of reality there. Um, obviously, there's a massive turnover in, in playing staff when we, when we got promoted. Um, so, he did, really, a magnificent job, even though the season had been a struggle. I think actually, I mean, I think it's fairly unprecedented to, to have, have signed that many players and to get them playing to the point where you know we were able to stay up, you know, in the Premier League and and we you know we had some big results over the course of that season. You know, we beat Liverpool, um, we got a good point at, at Man City, and obviously beat Arsenal um, just before the last day to keep us up. So it was brilliant. But we knew that the expectation was going to change over the summer. Um, you know, we did sign some good players. That we, that's what we needed. Um, but again, you know, it's this scattergun approach where there's probably too many that came in. Um, and I think Steve Cooper probably struggled with, I think, the reality of the Premier League once you're in it. Um, that actually what comes with wages, what comes with fees, players coming from overseas was very different to what Steve Cooper... Um, found when he took over Forest that he had a number of homegrown players, some players that were underachieving, and he got a real tune out of them and, and fully invested in the football club and, and the and the vision and uniting the fan base, which was the you know which was the huge job. But yeah, it, it, it's not quite clicked. Um, obviously, we started fairly well actually, um, but then he couldn't figure out his best team, and then results start to dwindle to the point where. I think you could see the new players weren't invested in what he was trying to do. The style of play, the counter-attacking game, cat and mouse was actually we've got better players now to be um, to be doing to doing better in influencing games. And I think as that started to dwindle, obviously the results uh, were not acceptable. I think it was 13 without a win. You know, it wasn't acceptable. And personally, I think it had just ran its course. Unfortunately, I think it had just ran its course, and it was no slight on Steve Cooper. 
I think just with the changes and the success that he had almost immediately, it kind of caught up with him really. Yeah, and 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 obviously you know, I mean we've got a little beef. We got a little bit of beef with Steve Cooper, <laughs> as you're probably well aware. Um, and you know Cooper himself, uh, uh, Brentford fans, and that goes back to his days at Swansea. Okay, um, when he was at Swansea, and there's various things that happened in the first playoff season with Cooper, him and Thomas Frank. You know, it all kicked off a little bit, and since then it went off with them, and then the Swansea fans. And uh, and when he went to Forest, there's always a little bit of oh god, I can't believe he's got a Forest. Like you know what I'm saying, because now you know we're going to have to take that onto Forest. So in a way, sort of a lot of Brentford fans are probably quite quite quite, quite, quite glad that he's actually left Forest to a certain extent. But you really loved him, didn't you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Forrest had been out of the Premier League for so long and for a fan that's been going for, you know, since I was a, you know, six, seven-year-old, um, you know, once the Brian Clough legacy had gone and we managed to kind of do a little bit in the Premier League uh, with Frank Clark, but it's been kind of mission impossible. And, and the biggest, I think one of the biggest issues is actually being able to unite the fan base. And if, if anything, that's what Steve Cooper um, succeeded in, where many, you know, numerous amount of managers that had failed that he that he got the club and he got the fans and you know all the right things were coming out in you know his interviews very honest but there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes in the city um that he was doing that you know people were getting wind of always had time for people been lucky enough to kind of have a chat with him and it he was just very informal and just a nice guy very grounded um Obviously, he's Paul Smith clubber. Paul Smith is made in Nottingham, so all the all the clothing that he would wear was, you know, that was all kind of coming from Nottingham, and and very much, you know, working with the young players, you know, your Ryan Yates, your Joe Worrells, your Brennan Johnsons. These are kids that have been at Forest since they were, you know, six, seven years old, and and to see them develop, I think, as people, you know, not just as as players as well, but to see those young people, you know, develop. Um, just to be really grounded young men and, and it's just lovely to be a part of that and, and, and obviously we got up um, and he has given us a day that we will never forget you know that's that's football isn't it you look back and yes it's all about the here and now but you know you, you, you have to remember those special times and, and Steve Cooper gave us that and he will forever be a, a forest legend and sometimes the word legend is banded about but, but actually what Steve Cooper achieved in that that time he will go down in forest folklore you know no doubt yeah and interesting because i mean i spoke to you about keeper when he started and i said to you you know not only the beef side of things but i said to him about you know the footballing style that he that he played especially with swansea which we thought you know we weren't we weren't you know, we weren't down with it at all but interestingly the swansea fans who loved him the first season but by the time they lost in the second playoff they were also kind of sick of him and the football that he was playing as well. And I think, I mean, Forest fans, when he came over to you, you know, forget us because obviously there's a little bit of beef that you might not believe us, but the Swansea fans did kind of warn you a lot of the things that you talked about at the back end where it's going a little bit wrong, you were warned about it sort of kind of, you know, two or three years before, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, I did speak with a Swansea fan, um, you know, just as he was being appointed and he was saying the same thing that actually the football wasn't, you know, it wasn't good. Um, and, you know, I don't think they were too disappointed, really, that, that he went. But I think what he had at, at Forest was, you know, we were bottom of the championship in, in 2021. And the only way was, was to go up. And, you know, I think I think sometimes it's about the players that you've got. And we had some quite dynamic players. And, you know, in Jed Spence, we had James Garner, um, Brennan Johnson. Um, so 
I think it suited him. You know, Philip Zinkenagel was in there. So he had some good forward players. And obviously in the championship, they, you know, they were very good championship players. And obviously that was proof in the pudding that we got promoted. So I think for me, as that season went on and we were kind of starting to get into the, the playoffs, um, his approach started to become a bit more cautionary. And I think that showed in the, in the semi-finals against Sheffield United. And then obviously the final wasn't a good spectacle. You know, we won 1-0. And, you know, it wasn't great football. So we kind of started to see that, I think. And then, obviously, in the Premier League, with all those new players, I think he was probably right to kind of adapt that approach. You know, we couldn't go toe-to-toe -to people because we were just going to get picked off. So it was very much about that siege mentality. Um, but I think that's, that's only sustainable for so long in the Premier League. And, um, you know, he, he did figure that out. We got Morgan Gibbs-White playing in... But it was very patchy, I think. You know, Forrest probably performed for 10, 20 minutes uh, playing good football, but the rest of it really was back to the wall. Ball retention wasn't good. Too many sideways passing. The passing wasn't quick enough. And I think that has just caught up with him, to be honest. And, it, you know, I guess probably that resistance to change and, and take the shackles off a little bit just caught up with him. Yeah, so, I mean, so Forrest, Premier League, you know, listen, it's always a great achievement. You've gone up there. You celebrations, big celebrations, but you obviously know first season is going to be really tough. And I know that you were finding it tough that first season. And I chatted to you a lot. I spoke to Greg from Forza Garibaldi, and, you know, and I sort of kind of gave him my experience of being in, in the in the in the Premier League the first season, you know. And I think that maybe because you're in the Championship and you kind of expect bang bang, we've won, we won. You win every week, then you have a loss, you get disappointed. I said it's, it's almost the exact opposite way around here, and you've got to just kind of literally eke out the points. You look at the games that you think you're going to win, right, and then you you squeeze out a point here and there. Then you might get a win here and there. There's certain games that you think that. You you should win maybe the teams in and around you but then the key is when you get a result which is completely out of the blue i said that's the one so you can't you cannot in this league sit down and say we are going to do x y and z because it just doesn't work like that because you don't know that you're going to go and beat man city you know when you shouldn't do or you're going to go and beat arsenal when you shouldn't do you know what i'm saying so that's kind of where it went so it's almost like for the first six months or for the first four months you were like struggling and you're like going we, we can't see the end out of this and then the second four months or then then you kind of took a slightly different attitude on things and realized actually we got to be a little bit bit more practical about our approaching here in, in this division if we're going to survive and then you got some big results towards the back end of the season yeah i think it was very much like that. i think that the first the first two months were tough we got to a not a bad start but then it was kind of all downhill we got hammered four nil at leicester and it was kind of like is he going to go then but you know Fair play to the owner that he kept told kept told of him, <clears throat> and then just going into the just before the international break, that came at a bad time for us because we just kind of we moved out the relegation place. I think we moved up to 16. We just beat Palace at home, and then obviously we had the international break, and that kind of knocked that momentum, took it out of a took the wind out of the sails. Fully enough, you know, Jesse Lingard was was actually starting to come into some form around that time. Um, but he was injured when we came back. He got injured at Man United and then he barely played, you know, from, from that point. So I think that momentum um, didn't, didn't help. Um, and then we signed, well, our transfer windows are always a mixed bag. So Danilio, what a cracking signing he was. Felipe from Atletico Madrid, Navas, um, great signings. But then we had Chris Wood and, and John Joe Shelby to kind of um, to see that on the, on the, on the other foot. So... Um, it was a struggle towards the end of the season, but you know the, they found the belief and, and they stayed up when it looked like they were going to go down. So 
it was a it was a, it was a great achievement but you know as a fan now you, you do go to those games thinking anything anything pretty much can happen and, and, and every point is a good point i see it in the premier league um, you know if you can pick up a point it, it, it's still a good point because you know that others are going to be finding the same kind of um issues so funnily enough you know the away form was terrible last season um the atmosphere has been fantastic at forest probably the best i've ever experienced you know and that's been through the clough days you know unbelievable you know the atmosphere and that got us some good results against big clubs and you know i think we lost to brentford last year with the dodgy uh the dodgy penalty and the sending off of, of henderson or was it two or did we did we, did, did we scab one in uh injury time i think we might have done um, yeah. i can't remember but um but yeah it's kind of we've been a bit of a funny team and we just haven't got that consistency and you can't go into a new season thinking right we'll get a point against man city we'll beat liverpool at home um, it just doesn't work that way, you know, in terms of a uh, consistent pattern. So, you know, this season we beat Aston Villa 2-0 at home and, you know, pretty much played them off the park. And it was, we're just a, we're just a funny team. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you're talking about, you know, playing people off the park. You're talking about, you know, it's interesting, you're talking about Wood, you know, and all the other players that come in. Listen, we can't, you know, listen, it's the elephant in the room now, isn't it? You know, we've got to talk about, you know, Forrest and their signings because it, it is actually something that has really confused us we sit here on this podcast we, we talk about it on the besotted podcast sort of quite a bit because we sit down there and we come to a transfer window and then you're just like racking up the signings and we're sitting there going i, I don't understand that how's, how's this happening because we know that there's rules in place but it's almost like you're sort of kind of just spending for, for fun and just kept on spending and we just thought maybe the rules are different in the premier league or maybe it doesn't really matter or or maybe you're doing something very clever that we didn't know about then all of a sudden bang you know, the chickens have come to roost, um, you know, a few days ago, you know, a few weeks ago, they said it looks like Forrest may be in, or, you know, football sustainability, FFP trouble, you know, something that we all know very much about coming from the championship because you've got teams in the championship who basically they want the big money. They want to go up to the Premier League. So they, they're thinking, look, you know, we're getting what, two million, three million, six million pound a year TV money in the in the championship, but we can get 150 million a year if we get Premier League. So if we go and spend loads of money and buy all the best players, then we're going to go up. So they take the gamble. You know, your Derby County is your, your favourite club. They did it. You know, you know, Sheffield Wednesday did it. There's other clubs that have done it and they've got themselves into an absolute pickle because it doesn't work like that. And they've got themselves in trouble. Sheffield Wednesday, as you can see, they're just—I mean, they're just—they're just reeling. You know, Derby County—they can't—they can't—they can't hardly win a game in in, in in Division One, which you're, like I said, you're probably very happy about. You know, but the fact is that you know when you're sitting there as a club, as Brentford are sitting there as a club, and we're not getting our high horse. And me and Lady talk about this on the podcast. You know, this actual podcast, you're trying to do things the way that inverted commas it's meant to be done, right? You've only got a certain pot of money. We're only a small club, so we can only buy and sell players in a particular particular way you know uh, our owner yeah he's got money but he's not going out and been buying everyone you know lock stock and two smoking barrels we just got to do it your way now if you're doing it the right way you're expecting everyone around it to do the same thing and we used to get a little bit disappointed with Derby County when they didn't because you're thinking you're cheating and we're doing things the right and you're going to probably go up and get the money and we're not because you're doing things that way so you, you've got to see it as well from a from a fan's perspective, not having to go at you as a fan, but as other clubs when they don't kind of do things the right way, you know? So I just don't understand, you know, you said that you were out of players, but the spending that you did was ridiculous. You've got to admit that. 
well, I think he's kind of trying to put it into context. So I think when Forrest knew that in terms of the championship, the spending wasn't sustainable, that started to happen really um, under Sabri Lamouchi. So when he came in, there wasn't a big budget. There weren't any really big signings. And we had to kind of get on with what we already had. There was no, you know, no big transfers going on. Um, we got so far with that, you know, it's a bit similar to Steve Cooper exceeded expectations, but blobbed it at the, at the kind of the last minute in the playoffs. Um, Chris Hewton came in again, not really any massive kind of money spent. Um, and then particularly in that summer of where we started, you know, again, Forest were, were well in FFP and championship in terms of, in terms of, those losses um but when you go to the obviously that team that was struggling at the start of the season steve cooper's obviously got a tune brought those loans in so again not big transfers spent it was you know loan fees to, to get us up and actually there's an argument that probably we went up too quickly but you know what what do you do in, in terms of that because the, the issue that forest had in that summer was that those loan players all went back so jed spence philip zinkenagel um james garner Keenan Davis, and there's another one that I can't think of at the minute, but there was a fifth. Um, and then Brees Samba, a goalkeeper, he left, and Lewis Graben, Joe Lolly. So you're thinking Forrest is 11. You take those eight players out of that kind of squad. Forrest were down to bare bones. So they did have to go and sign a lot of players. Now, whatever the 25 26 did go too far, but there was definitely a need to spend that money. And I don't know the ins and outs of financial fair play, but if you're getting revenue of 150 million guaranteed, then Forrest had not spent over 150 million. Actually, we'd not really made. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White was our biggest signing of, of 35 million, which I, I would have thought was a 20 million plus add-ons, and then everybody else, you know, uh, our, uh, one year was kind of 18 million, Mangala 15 million, and then really the, there weren't any massive expenditure beyond that. Um, Sangari problem. Go on. Sangari as well. Sangari was bought this summer. Okay. So on the back of on the back of, you know, Brennan Johnson or whatever. So Sangari was the player that we brought in kind of this summer. So at the end of the day, Forrest had gone up and had to spend money to stay up because yes, you could go into the mindset of right, we can't spend X, Y, and Z. And we get relegated. I was personally worried that if we not strengthened that squad, we would have beat Derby County's record of 11 points. So of, of getting relegated, worst team in history. So we definitely had to. We definitely had to do that. But the problem Forest have got and had for a long time that they have been too many players being brought in with no impact. Okay, so Lloyd Bade, I think that's how you pronounce his name, was at Forest last summer. Um, Sold to Seville in not not kicked a ball. Sold to Seville in January. They're now talking six to seven million pounds, kind of for him. And there was a few others that we'd signed, and they just don't go anywhere. And some of these players we sign on long contracts, and we don't move them on. And that's Forest's biggest problem. Now, what's symptomatic of that at the moment is we've got five goalkeepers on contract in the first team squad, and we can't even Horvath and Wayne Hennessy should have been moved on in the summer, and they haven't been. And they're not kicking a ball, they're not doing anything. And if we're talking about things that are impacting on financial fair play, this is the problem that Forest have got. They've got too many players, and these wages are just adding up, adding up. John Joe Shelby played about three games and was completely sacked off, but he was on 75 grand a week. 
So absolutely. Well, Lingard, you've got Lingard as well. And you've got the Lingard. I mean, the thing is, yeah, Lingard. So, so, so Lingard was, uh, at the time, yeah, you could see it because um, he'd had a good season at West Ham. So he looked, you know, he looked a fairly good signing, but it took him a while to get going. He had a good patch and then he was injured. So he'd been a great cheerleader, you know, 80 grand a week, the world's most expensive cheerleader. You could see that togetherness of what he was bringing to the club behind the scenes. Um, but the problem is that, yeah, we, we just too many players. And I don't think Forrest have fallen foul of transfer fees. What Forrest have fallen foul of having too many players? I don't think we have breached the FFP rules by that much because obviously the mitigating circumstances that we've, you know, since then sold Brennan Johnson, which has then brought us back in within financial fair play. And I think this is the argument that Forrest yeah. are. But that's, yeah, but that's cross. yeah, but it's the year. That's the year. It's, listen, there's a there's a period, and they and he was sold outside the period. If you sold within the period, you might have just made it. But the fact is, the rules are the rules, and other teams have had to do it. And they've had to sell players within the period, and you've got kind of got you kind of got to stick with it. And the irony is, the team that he could have sold them to was the team that had been chasing him for a few, for a few years as well, which is Brentford. Which we would have, you know, if you'd taken the thirty grand, thirty mil that we'd offered you. You probably would have come in within FFP, but it's one of those things where you make the decision and, and it kind of is what it is. But just coming back to it, and this has been a big discussion because I know there's sort of things like we may or may not. What I don't understand is that there's 150 million a year, as you said, in, in the Premier League. So I'm actually really surprised that anybody gets anywhere near breaching FFP because there is actually so much money, right? It, to me, it's not about spending money. People say, oh, you, the more money you spend, the better your team are. It's not. It's about spending your money wisely, spending it properly. OK, so, like, you know, certain teams can do it. They could do a lot with 50 million pounds. OK, other teams will probably buy a player and probably won't be able to afford to pay his wages on that money. So it depends on what you do. So that I think this is where the issue is, um, where people trying to kind of water it down a little bit and say, oh, it's not really a big issue. It's kind of like. You, 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 you listen. You got money. Your owners obviously got money. We're not going to. We're not even going to go into where that money's come from because that. Listen, this is the podcast where we just, you know, we don't want to get. Here. We just don't want to go there because some people do know, but we're not going to go there. We'll move on from that one. Um, but so he, but he has the ability to spend right, and he doesn't probably really care. And the rules are whatever they are, and he just probably carried on saying, "I don't really care. I just." I've got the money and I'm going to spend it anyway and just whatever happens, happens. So that's kind of what he's done, but it hasn't quite worked out. But, you know, if, if you were going to do it the wise way, and this is just me just saying, you would have got somebody in, you would have paid somebody a lot of money. I know you had Andy Scott from Brentford, but I'll be honest with you, he's not, he ain't the person that has been doing all the tricks at Brentford, to be honest with you. He was uh, one of our ex-managers and we brought him in as a scout who elevated himself after a while, then went off to Swansea with Steve Cooper. But bringing in somebody who's been able to let you actually spend your money in the right way probably would have been better. You're probably better spending £5 million on getting a person like that than spending the money that you did. Well, I think the issue that we've we've got, and again, it comes back to the club, is that they've changed recruitment strategies. You know, we, we had a German guy come in um, the season that we got promoted and we signed some players from the Bundesliga. And actually, we signed some good players, but because we'd had such a poor start in those first few months... The owner got trigger happy and got rid of them. Now those signings that the um, that the guy actually made have actually turned out to be good signings in in the long term. Um, but then we brought somebody else in, and that was to do you know the Chris Wood signing, and it's been scattered. We've got I think the the owner's son likes 
to do. He likes to be involved in these big transfers. So I think they're your Navas, your Felipe's, your Lingards. He likes that that glam around that. Um, but just coming back to the, the Brennan Johnson point and, and something that has come out kind of latterly, and this is something that I'm kind of really interested, is that it was Brennan Johnson that turned the move down to Brentford. And I'm quite interested to see if Forrest had actually accepted that bid, but it was actually the player that didn't want to go. Um, so, again, if that's a mitigating factor that Forrest have accepted that bid um, to take them out of financial fair play, he was going to go. Brennan wanted to go, and it was clearly clear he was going to go um, that summer. Um, but that, again, if that's part of the Forrest defence, is that actually we'd agree the fee, we wanted to sell the player, but the player had kind of turned it down. Now, in terms of sustain, to be completely right, and we've got to run it better. You can't keep signing that amount of players, and just it's we are just hemorrhaging money in that respect. So we have to work smarter. Um, but you know, there's a difference. You know, seventeen point five million is a, is a, is a big difference. And if we're talking about Forest of Souls, the family jewels of Brennan Johnson, you know, our best young player come through the academy. And then do Forest have a moral in, uh, obligation to that player? They've actually no one's selling you. You've got to go with a lad that's been there since he was six or seven. Um, so I don't think it is all cut and dried. And yes, the rules are the rules, and we've got to do that. But I don't think these rules are right, to be honest. I don't. I don't. And they've got to start. The you know they're talking about ripping them up and starting again in August. So i just don't see the point really you know what is going to be the punishment then this season everton have already had theirs we're getting ours now but you're going to change the rules again in, in the summer so i think the premier league are tying themselves in knots this is the most lucrative league in world football surely you want clubs to spend as much money as they possibly can um because i just think you know sheffield united for instance i speak to a sheffield united fan and he said we won't sign anybody he thinks the owners are going to sit on that money and they might sell up and it's kind of like well, that's crap and you know you look at who's down there now that gap is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger because of the financial implications of those clubs coming up that you've now got sheffield united burnley and who's the other one sheffield united burnley and yeah yeah sheffield luton. united burnley luton yeah yeah so it's kind of like how on earth are they supposed to compete? I mean, Luton, for instance, it's just mad. So Luton are just going to almost like, if they don't stay up, they've banked 150 million. What do they do with that then? But we're talking about football as a dream, and it's almost like you can get so far in football now, but the Premier League kind of curtails you. And it's a bit shit. I, I, if, if anything, our owner's been guilty of is being too ambitious and almost sprinkled with some arrogance in there about we'll, we'll get ourselves out of this mess. And it's good that we've been caught out and are hoping that the punishment is not severe enough that effectively it relegates us. Yeah, I mean, and just coming back to your point quickly, you know, with Brennan Johnson, you could have actually sold in the previous window or the previous window before that as well, which would have helped your situation. And it's about planning as well. And also you could have just not spent as much money on people. We're not so selling anybody to Brentford. Yes. We're not selling anybody. The day that we pack up and we go out. Well, there you go. Well, that and that about sums up. And that's the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so there you go. Brentford brought down Nottingham Forest is that basically what we came here to talk about. But anyway, listen, let's move forward and let's talk about this game at the weekend because um, big game for us, as you
you know, Ivan Tony's back. We've got Regulon in the in 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 the in the in, in, in the back in our defence. We have been, you know, pretty appalling in defence. We've got some great defenders, but because we just basically just keep on disappearing and getting injured, we've really been struggling. So that's been tough for us up front. Actually, you know, we've got big players missing, as you know, Boomer's out, Ivan Tony's been out, shard has been out, KLP's been out. You know, we've got loads of players in and out. Reese has now gone off to the to the Afcon, which he did very well actually the other night as well when he played in his game. Um, one old game he scored as well, and he probably could have got another goal. But you know we've got lots of players out, but we're creating good chances, so we're very excited for Ivan Tony to come back. And we were even more excited for Regulon to come in and actually, as we say, regulate our defence because our, our, our defence has been completely irregulated over the last couple of couple of months. Nottingham Forest coming down as well. You know what are you expecting from this game? Um, well, I mean, the most encouraging is that Forrest are moving the ball a lot quicker on the, on the new now, um, and, and definitely playing much better, much better football straight away. That's kind of been plain to see and having a go. You know, we've not been sitting back and, and, and waiting for teams to dominate. We've actually been starting to have a go, which has been quite, quite refreshing, to be honest. So um, we've got injury issues. Morgan Gibbs-White is a, is a doubt. He's been our... Well, he's been put, in, you know, as a captain now under Nuno, who had him at Wolves as a young player. And Morgan Gibbs White was really struggling this season, but he's been absolutely fantastic since Nuno came in. So, if if uh, if he's injured, then that's going to be a big a big miss um, for Forrest because he's he has been brilliant. Um, you know, last night it was kind of you know they changed the team around, um, but you know Chris Wood has actually started to come to some goals. You know. Until you know the Newcastle game, or actually the first game when he when um, he started under at Nuno against Bournemouth, that is the best I've seen Chris Woods have. You know this this period, he looks like a different player. It's absolutely it's absolutely mad. I can't believe the change. I was get rid, get rid, get rid, and he's he's really surprised me. He just looks a different player. We're playing a different way. We're getting players around him. Um, so that has been a you know a real positive because I think we'd have to buy you know a striker, but he scored. He scored five or six goals now um, since Nuno came in, so that's been that's been positive. Um, and we'll just have to we'll just have to see kind of where we go. Nico Williams has come in and started playing well. Um, Murillo, our Brazilian centre half, he's what a find you know he is. He's still got some work to do, but on the ball, he's absolutely superb. And you know, be, it'll be interesting to know your thoughts on on him after uh, after Saturday. Hopefully, he'll, he'll kind of give Tony a, a decent game but Murillo looks a real good prospect um, to be honest um, and then we've got Dominguez in midfield so Argentinian player came in for Bologna in the summer um, about eight million pounds he started really well but I think under Cooper he was really struggling but he's been one who's come straight back into the 11 under Nuno and he's got a couple of goals and he's playing well so his confidence is up so we'll see I mean you know we're still kind of what what a forest going to do you know what they're going to play like because it's still early days under Nuno. But against um, against Newcastle on Boxing Day, Forest were brilliant. You know, played really well and, and deserved to win that game. Mm, yes, yeah. so and for Brentford, I mean, we're not going to bang on about injuries because every team has injuries. And like I said to you, you know, we've we've been for years without without a glut of injuries. We've you know, it's been very kind to us. And we kind of knew that we're going to get a year where it's just going to hit us and it's hit us really hard. I mean, Norgard is out, who's a massive player for us. You talk about in midfield. So Norgard being out for us means that, you know, the person who controls that midfield for us is going to be out. So we have ways that we we, we adapt, 
you know, whether or not Janelk goes in there, uh, who else ever else goes. I mean, we, we, we haven't got Frank the Tank on yet because he's playing for uh, Nigeria out in AFCON. But, you know, so we'll have, but we just have to deal with these things. So we'll see. So it could be quite an exciting game because there's quite a lot of change with us. There's some change with you. You've got a new manager who's got a different thought pattern on. Um, Thomas Frank is obviously going to be very animated now that he's got Ivan Tony back. Uh, Ivan Tony's going to be absolutely, he said it already, he's going to be absolutely potty for it. You know, there's talks in the press when everyone's sort of going on about the fact that he said that he wanted to leave. We've talked about this on the podcast, him saying that he wanted to go to a bigger club, but you have to listen to the whole interview to actually take it into context. Um, which player in the Nottingham Forest side would actually say that they wouldn't want to go to play for, inverted commas, another big club if the opportunity came but um but you know at the end of the day he said i'm at brentford so i'm going to do what you're going to do and you, and you know where his focus is going to be on saturday because he's going to want to score a goal he's going to want to prove to the world that they've missed him that they shouldn't have locked him away for eight months and he's going to do the business so it's going to be a bit of a tingler in it scott i think so and you know fair play ivan tony you know he's going to be chomping at the bit and and you know, whether that is because he's going to put himself in the shot window or actually he's probably thinking, I just want to be back on the pitch and, and getting amongst the goals because he's been away for so long. So, yeah, so that is going to be, you know, a, a huge thing and, and, and potentially that's what the game's going to hinge on. Obviously, with your kind of recent form, we've been struggling. We're not firing on all cylinders yet. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it, potentially is going to come down you know to Ivan Tony if he you know if he has a really good game then you know he's your match winner that you've you've been missing yeah and and and, and again I've we said this again on the pod it's you know it's actually not been a case of us not creating opportunity big opportunity chances I know that you hate us and our xg but it to us it's important because it basically shows you what you're doing and the fact is that we're doing the right things but we're just not putting the ball in the back of the net if you you know if you've got some people who are doing some great build-up play but then you've got someone who is either not quite match fit or doesn't quite do the business of somebody else who maybe is a more experienced striker or experienced forward so that they don't put them chances away then you end up basically those chances going begging and we've had quite a lot of chances going begging but we're creating the opportunities and if that happens for me i'm actually quite happy i'm, I'm like a, i'm very nervous if we are not creating opportunities because if you're not creating them then you're not going to score so we're just hoping that i and tony is going to be the final kind of piece of the jigsaw where we basically create the opportunities and he's the one to put them in the back of the net. But we'll see, you know, it might take him a month to warm up. But, you know, we shall see. The main thing about it is for us, we're happy, still happy to be here. We're enjoying ourselves in the, in the, in the Premier League. Like I said to you, Forest fans can come down. They can literally drink in any pub in Brentford or Kew. You ain't got to those bounces on the door. It's very much like going to Forest, which I really enjoy going out to Forest. We had a great laugh when you came down last time, didn't we? We had a good night. We spoke to Sean Dyche in that pub by the riverside. We went on very late and uh, we drank somewhere else. And then we ended up kind of crashing out at some hotel somewhere. Um, you know, <laughs> which sounds all dodgy, but no, it wasn't like that. Um, yeah, which was great. But Brentford's like that as well, where you can literally go anywhere and you'll be kind of welcomed as long as you've got the manners, you know, and you come inside there, have a drink and just don't take the piss, basically. So like I said to you, I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to it on Saturday. I'm sure you're looking forward to it on Saturday. And let's just see how it goes. I'm going to ask you, Scott, though. Um, Brentford, I mean, you've talked about players. Just quickly, just before we go on to, is there anyone that you're a little bit nervous about, considering we've got loads of players that are injured? So you probably mentioned their name and they're not going to play. No, I think um, I think Norgard you mentioned was you know he, he was outstanding at Forest earlier in the season. He just you know I thought he ran the show. Um, Brumo again, what an underrated player he is in the, in the Premier League. Um, so again, you know I, I don't really know too much you know about Brentford. Um, obviously, you lost the keeper. 
Um, but you know, we know what we get with Brentford. You know, it's just well oiled, well drilled. Gonna gonna play. You know, get the foot on the ball and, and try to dictate and, and dominate the game. So um, it doesn't. I don't think Brentford is so much about the individuals. We know what we're going to come. We, we know what we're going to come up against. So um, you know, we expect it'll be it'll be difficult. And Forest are going to have to work hard to you know to get themselves you know into the game. So we'll just have to see. But I think similar to to Brentford. We have been creating more chances under Nuno, but you know, missing Tywo one year, he's been injured, he'll be out. So we'll just have to see. Chris Wood's been missing a few few of late. Um but you know, a point we will take, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we if we could nick a win. Oh, there you go. So give us a score prediction. I'm gonna go with an optimistic uh 2-0 forest. Oh, 2-0 to Forest. We're going to give my score a little bit later with Laney on the podcast there. So listen, um, it's great to chat to you, Scott. Like you know what I'm saying? You know, it's great to, like I said, to you, in, in, a, in a really strange way, like I said to you, I want, I want you know, because listen, at the end of the day, it's like you look at your position and other people's position. But I actually want Forest to stay up because as you know, I love just coming down there for the away day. But uh, at the end of the day, I'd, I'd like you also to stay up if you do it without cheating. <laughs> so listen, next time, just, just stop by and all. Just get that in before I call yeah. off. That's um, right. Just no, you know, there's a good, healthy banter with with Brentford, and it, you know, it's always quite nice that you you have these links with other clubs. Because obviously, Derby, you know, we're not going to be playing them anytime soon at the minute. So, <laughs> so we have a little bit of needle and some sensible banter. I don't think it, it's ever gone over um, into kind of um, unwar- unwarranted uh, or unwanted territory. I think with Forest and, and Brentford fans, and I think it's all been fairly fairly good natured uh, it has so, but, yeah. but, but but you did say before we come on the air oh i'm getting a bit fed up at brentford you're moving into derby territory which you said which i was thinking whoa whoa it's not getting that bad is it and you and you never want to sell a player to brentford it's like this what, what have we done to you <laughs> have we got oh, under no, your skin so much you keep dragging me on these podcasts to, to face the music if, if we did so <laughs> You know, I'm here. I'm representing the club. We're on here, and, and, and let's see. But it's good to have banter with other clubs, and it's it's great that we've got this little bit of rivalry that's gone back a few years and it built and built. Um, so we're kind of, you know, we're still a little bit behind you, but so long as uh, we keep spending in check moving forwards, and we don't get a ten point deduction, then fingers crossed we're playing you again next season. That's right. That's right. So anyway, listen, listen. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna just sign it off to say I'm I've got a big present that I've got sorted out for you. I've got a, a basically a, I've got a subscription to Microsoft Excel for yourself, and you can also give it to your club owners so that they can actually go away and they could put in the numbers inside there. And they can make sure that they don't go over 105 million pounds a year, and you'll be sorted, and you don't have to have these heartaches anymore. You know what I'm saying? So. Which is all good. So anyway, listen, Scott, good to chat to you, mate. Listen, uh, we can, uh, we'll, we'll, no doubt we will chat after the game on Saturday. Okay, okay. Good to talk to you, Bill. So there's me and the man, Scott Ely. Talking Forest, talking Brentford. Laney, listen, you know, we've talked, listen, I talked a lot of Scott about that. Listen, let's just have a little kind of post-conversation chat between ourselves about this Forest game. We've already talked on this podcast before how excited we are, as Brentford fans are, just because it's like moving out of the Groundhog Day scenario. Beforehand, it's literally every game is like Groundhog Day. You're literally looking for to, to field an 11 almost. And it's almost like 
Ivan Tony and Regulon in the side is going to change that up as well. Obviously, there's going to be a big boost because him coming back, he's a big person in the side. So hopefully it's going to give us a big boost. Nottingham Forest, obviously, they're, you know, they're, they, they could be in a little bit of a pickle. So they're going to have their tails up to make sure that they're actually not going to pull themselves down into that zone because that could happen as well. They've got new manager as well, you know, the centre as well. So, you know, they've got that as well. So this could tee itself up to be a, a bit of a game, couldn't it? Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be massive. Uh, I think the atmosphere inside the GTX is going to be off the scale. I think, you know, fans need to get themselves down the pub and have a, have a couple of uh, couple of liveners um, get in there and, uh, and and sing their hearts out. You know, um, I, I think, you know, you add that to the debut of Regulon and the return of Ivan. Um, and if there's any other good news from returning players, I, I think it could be a, a night to remember. And you know, take nothing, take nothing for granted. You know, they're 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 no they're no real mugs, Forest, but they're on a, a real sticky run themselves. Um, it, it's it's one of those teams that you probably would want to be playing um, in in this situation. You obviously wouldn't want to be playing Man Man United or Man City or Liverpool or Arsenal on this or you know possibly newcastle but you know it, it's one of those teams like forest and and palace and um and luton and sheffield united and you know everton maybe not everton really it's, it's the ideal opposition you know they, they they're capable of coming and winning themselves but i think with with the, in this in these circumstances i think we we can give this a right good go and we stand every chance of winning it yeah, and 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 again, you know, it's there's a bit, it's a little bit of irony because obviously, you know, we talked about Brennan Johnson. You know, Brennan Johnson was Brentford been tracking him from time. So when he was at Lincoln, right, he wasn't even playing for Forest. Like, you know, we we put in a bid for him when he was at Lincoln, playing the playoff final. Like I said to you, didn't quite get. He started off at twelve. You know, it's actually like I said to you, a US side actually that put the first bid in for him, which is about two million to be got to. So it's actually an MLS side that started it off and actually we came in and then we came in higher than that. So ten, twelve, stopped off about fourteen so you know maybe if we'd gone at 16 we could have got him at that time but he's unproven in the championship at the time so we may have stopped off then as we know history goes and we've basically been in for them because we believe that he ticked a load of boxes okay so season you know or window after window we kept going in for him and it went up and up and up but as we say right and again we're not saying it arrogantly we just know this as well the the, the reason why we do have our difficulty in signing players is because agents do go by the way Brentford are in for them and then next minute they go to the bigger clubs <laughs> the bigger clubs come in and put a wheelbarrow of money in so Tottenham will come in next minute as soon as they've come in we're completely out the window just like Mudrick who we were in for two windows before Chelsea as well and as soon as they come in and Arsenal come in boom you know it's gone up to 80 million from the 16 million that we'd offered for Mudrick and, and we're out the window so we need to make these deals and cut them early now the point is like I said to you is my belief is that if Brennan Johnson had come in at that stage we'd have done the development thing like we normally do with players you know like King Lewis Potter as well one year's development Jan Malik as well one year's development even though you pay decent money for them because they come in and they learn the Brentford way and then they slip into the side and eventually become key players for you as soon as you get the big money come in the 60 million come in Tottenham think he's got to deliver quickly and then if he can't deliver quickly because he hasn't done the development all the fans are on his back going he's rubbish he's crap now I think he's a good player but I think that he's made the wrong move but the irony is also is that Forrest holding out for the big 60 million now put themselves into FFP I mean to me it just it makes no sense whatsoever no sense whatsoever delighted that we didn't get him any you know once it reached a certain point and from what I've seen with my own eyes 
at Forest and at Tottenham, he's not worth that kind of money. Well done for Forest for getting him. Um, I'm not not well done for Forest for taking all their other spending so high that they needed that to to put them put them within the rules. They've cheated. Um, we haven't. If they don't think they deserve a points deduction, we deserve a points ad, ad, addition. Um, <laughs> the, the, the teams that have have played by the rules shouldn't be. It shouldn't come at the detriment of those that have have, have played by the rules. You know, we we've we've stuck within our spending um, requirements and our obligations, and we should we shouldn't be in a, an inferior position to tonight in the forest. They have broken the rules. They knew what the rules were. Um, if they thought they were being clever, um, and they they seem to be using uh, the Brennan Johnson uh, delayed. Oh, we did it for business reasons. Well. You shouldn't have made all those other signings until you got the money in. You know that's 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 what we've done. So you, it, it isn't fair. Um, they they can they can cry and say it's unfair, it's unfair. They're picking on us. They're picking on us. There's the rules. If you break the rules, you get punished. That's what Ivan Tony said. You know, he he, he can he can. There's no point in him moaning about it. He did break the rules and he and he got punished. Um, I, I think Nottingham Forest deserve all that's going to come their way. Hopefully, I, I just—it's nothing against them as a club, as, as the, no, not, no, not the fans, because yeah. the fans—they they, they don't make the decisions. The fans don't. I, as, as a Forest fans, and I'm not saying they're, they're, they're not. They, they need to take their anger out on their owner and those that have made those decisions. They're the ones that put them in that position. You know, they're the only the only people to blame are the ones that have been running the club. You know that everyone else is abiding by the same rules, apart from the ones that are breaking it. And the what aboutery with 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 Man City and Chelsea? Yes, that has to be dealt with. But that's not to say that everyone else, their their misdemeanors, should should be ignored as well. Everyone that's broken the rules has to be punished. We're not breaking the rules. We cannot come off. We cannot be coming out of this as a, in a worse situation than those that have broken. It's not fair. Yeah, okay. We hear that as well. And like I said, you talk about that with Scott a little bit now. So it's interesting to see that. You know, but you know, just going back to it. Listen, we need to focus on the football, and just like we have to focus on our football with no players injured, and that's just what's happened because we couldn't afford to buy players, so we have to deal with it as well. Again, Nottingham Forest. Again, they're in a situation where they've done something and they haven't got away with it, so they just have to deal with it. So it's almost like that Ivan Tonius. Okay, let's basically reflect, let's realise the situation, and let's just deal with it and just move forward. Like you know what I'm saying. So just quickly, Black Nottingham Forest, where their strengths are: counter-attacking, very strong; aerial duels, also very strong; attacking down the wing, strong; stealing the ball from the opposition, this strong. Where their weaknesses is keeping possession of the ball, finishing scoring chances, avoiding offside, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas defending set pieces and they're very weak at protecting the lead again with Brentford's record the last couple of couple of months we can't actually say you know if that's a good thing or a bad thing anymore but like I said to you at least we've got a couple of more a couple of more little bit of armory in 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 our in our in our in our workforce now in our in our armor you know what I'm saying we've got a couple more soldiers in in our in our armor now the armor to, to actually kind of actually deal with that situation got a question for you Bill hmm. Strakosha or Flecken Oh, uh, personally, actually, I'd probably put Strakosha in, I'd say, mm-hmm. in a, at the moment now. I would put Strakosha, but you know that's not going to happen, you know, because uh, they want to ent- ensure that the goalkeeper 
remains confident because they believe that he can get to the next stage and they probably see him much more than what we do so um yeah so i, I think we just have to just brief our defenders to make sure they don't get any shots on is all i can yeah. say because he, he he doesn't seem to keep very many clean sheets fleck and so i think no. for forest fans if there's anything like you know that's one little bonus for them they think at least we can you know, we're gonna score so which is all good so final thing lady um score prediction well i think it's going to be a bonkers game and I think Brentford are going to edge it just. I think I'm going to go for Brentford 3, Forest 2. Oh, and I'm going to go Brentford 2, Forest 1. So looking forward to it. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Looking forward to my Forest chums coming down. We've got Greg and his balls are Gary Baldy Posse coming down. He said he might even come down and go down to Richmond, go to the old Ted Lasso boozer as well. Or might take a little trip down to, to, to Kew. So we may see him down there as well. And everybody else coming down, Scott Ely, as we said, we heard from before and all the other characters. But like I said to you, very much looking forward to it. All Brentford fans, see you on Saturday. Uh, we've got Billy the Bee here in London. We've got Laney in Cambodia. See you later, everyone. Give them a cheer from me. Um, wish I could be there Saturday, but um, I'll be back for the Tottenham game. Come on, as we say. Come on, I'm a Tony at the helm. You beast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.